Welcome to Beyond Blathers, the podcast where we dive deeper into the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm Olivia de Bercier. And I'm Sophia Osborne. So today we're going to be talking about the Atlas Moth, which can be found on trees at night during spring, summer, and early fall in the game. Oh, but before we do, I did want to give a huge shout out to everyone who's rated and reviewed and subscribed on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love, love, love to be able to get up in the charts and that's how that happens. So please um, share us on social media or tell your friends. All of that is super helpful for us and helps us to progress and do some new things with this podcast. We are really hoping to eventually get some experts on and get to interview them and so have some new voices on here bringing some new perspectives into the podcast and who knows maybe we could even start looking at some of those paintings you get to collect in the game I don't know we'll find out also we want to mention if you have any requests for species you'd like us to cover in the podcast feel free to shoot us a dm on instagram or on twitter and um, we would love to do that because right now we kind of just choose whatever seems kind of cool and that's that's our game plan but yeah just want to give those people a shout out thank you so much really appreciate it yeah thank you so much we're really excited about where this podcast could potentially go and i know i love talking to people about the animals that they're really passionate about hence why i really like talking to olivia but i also think it would be fun to get some more people on board and yeah find out what you guys are interested in hearing about because yeah we want to hear from you we love it we love the support also thank you so much it's been really fun and you can also email us at beyondblathers at gmail.com if yeah you have any questions or requests but yeah let's get into it with the atlas moth so in the game if you bring blathers an atlas moth he'll say the atlas moth is a monstrous thing not only is it one of the largest moths in the world The tips of its wings look rather like the heads of venomous snakes. Despite its largeness and loathsome looks, the adult atlas moth lives only for a few days. It emerges from its cocoon without a mouth, you see, and so cannot eat. I feel for the poor thing, but it is still foul. (laughs) So dramatic. I'm I'm like a little sad about this this blathers quote because upon reading it now I'm kind of like, oh, those were all my facts. Yeah, I kind of urged (laughs) Olivia to do the Atlas Moth because I caught one in the game and I thought it was really cool and I thought, like, it's the biggest moth and that's cool. But then it turns out there's, like, not a ton about Atlas Moths, but Olivia still found some really cool stuff, so we're going to talk about it. Yeah, like, I mean, we can elaborate on some of those facts. So for one, it's big, it's beautiful. So it's basically this large moth so it's nice and fluffy but it's this gorgeous like orangey fiery color and they have these really long big feathery antenna and yeah the 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 tip of of their wings look like snake heads and it's thought that that is potentially a defense against predators like birds because of course a bird's not really going to want to eat a cobra so some people were saying that as a defense mechanism they'll drop to the ground and flop around and try and like look like a snake so some good old mimicry i was trying to remember what kind of mimicry that is batesian batesian mimicry gosh dang i don't remember my bio 107 terms yeah so they're really really gorgeous and you can find them in asia so china india malaysia 
But you can also find a very similar species living in Australia. I believe it's from the same genus, but it looks really similar. So if you see pictures of them in Australia, that's also part of its range, but slightly different group. And their caterpillars are pretty cool too. They secrete a kind of silk um, that's quite strong. And so sometimes that silk gets used for making textiles. And I actually read somewhere that you can buy in like Thailand, I think it said you can buy like caterpillar cocoons and, and, and use them as like little coin pouches because they're so strong, which is kind of interesting, I thought. I'm not sure if I would encourage people to necessarily buy that because I, I, I tried to Google like how they're harvested, but I, I couldn't really find many details there. But it's kind of cool, I think. So obviously the most striking thing about them, I think, is just how huge they are. Like for someone like Blathers, who's really scared of insects, a moth this size <laughs> can be quite traumatizing, I assume. Um, but I think it's cool. So could you talk more about exactly like how big they are and why they're so big? Basically, I just want you to imagine you like put your hands together and make that like butterfly you know, pretend your hands are butterflies. Have you ever done that, like, when you were a kid? Well, butterfly... That, that's basically how big they are. So their maximum length has been, like, a 12-inch wingspan, which is still absolutely huge. Like, if you actually think... And you put your hands together and you're like, okay, a butterfly or a, a moth that big, that's... I, I would be really alarmed if I saw that. That's like a bird-sized moth. Yeah. Um, and so it has the largest wing surface area of an insect. And so while it doesn't actually have the largest wingspan, that record is held by the white witch moth of Central and South America. But these ones are still really, really big. And, you know, we don't really see bugs getting this big anytime today. I mean, the longest bug in the world is a, a kind of stick bug. We don't really see bugs getting this big nowadays. About 300 million years ago, we had a ton of enormous bugs. And yeah, we just don't see that because it, it takes a lot of energy. It's not usually efficient. And we have a lot less oxygen than we did way back then. So the interesting thing with bugs is that they don't breathe the way we do. They don't really have lungs. They're breathing through a series of tubes in their bodies and they're moving oxygen through their bodies through diffusion. So essentially, the more oxygen is surrounding a bug, typically the bigger body size. At least that's what science is figuring out kind of right now. And so way back 300 million years ago, the oxygen level was at 35% of the atmosphere as opposed to 21% now. So, so there's a lot less oxygen in the atmosphere now. Back then there were a lot of plants and because plants were just kind of coming onto the scene, they didn't have any decomposers yet. So they weren't re-releasing all that, that stuff that they were taking in. So there's just a ton of oxygen in the atmosphere. Way back when we had like bird-sized dragonflies, which were called griffinflies. Well, I guess technically they weren't dragonflies, but they were like the ancestors and they looked, we think, very much like dragonflies. But griffinflies, I think that's a super cool name. And they were basically, yeah, like the size of pigeons, like really long wingspans. And we had like a centipede looking creature called Arthropleura that was two and a half meters long. So those arthropods were just massive. Unfortunately, we don't really have that. Well, maybe fortunately for some people. I think it's unfortunate we don't have any massive bugs now except for, you know, this, these moths. I think it's fortunate for blathers. For, fortunate for blathers for sure. Yeah. You wouldn't have liked that. And honestly, dragonflies are one thing that really creep me out for some reason, even though they're... Really? Yeah, like they're very romanticized, I guess they're really but big. 
I don't know, like, even butterflies and moss to a certain extent, like, I worked at the science world in Vancouver one summer when I was a kid, and they had the Monarch Butterfly movie at the IMAX theater, and there was a part where these scientists go stand in the field, and, like, the Monarch Butterflies come and cover their entire (laughs) body. (laughs) Oh, my God. That scared me so much. Like Really? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that... And I know that people aren't scared of butterflies, but I'm a little bit scared of no, them. No, you know what? That is not as uncommon a fear as you think. Like, often when I'm at the museum, people will be, like, creeped out by, like, the butterfly videos. And they they all think it's, like, a unique thing. But I, I don't think it is quite as uncommon as, as you think. But <laughs> So you talked about how there's less oxygen in the atmosphere now, and so you know, we're not really seeing bugs this size anymore, but then, you know, the Atlas moth does exist and is really huge. So how can it be that huge? Well, they don't stay huge very long in the sense that they, like, die really quick after they've come out of their cocoon, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, like Blather says, the adults don't have mouths, so they can't eat at all. So when they're caterpillars, they just are these monster caterpillars that just eat everything in their path. And they're just trying to, like, get as much in their bodies, as much energy as they can to essentially make that cocoon fully transform their whole body into this enormous moth, monster moth. And then push out of that cocoon somehow fly around and use a bunch of energy and find a mate. And that is, like, the only thing on their mind. Forget the whole eating, sleeping part of life. The only goal is to find a mate. And they've got, like, a maximum a week to do that. Um, Pretty much as soon as they find a mate, that that female's, like, releasing pheromones. The male's got those really beautiful feathery antenna that are super, super sensitive and can sense those pheromones from really far away. As soon as they mate, they're, like... Female goes, lays some eggs, and they both die. It's very poetic Romeo and Juliet death. But basically, yeah, they they don't maintain that size for very long. That's, yeah, that's so funny. Animals are It funny. is really funny. I'm like, why put in all that effort to make such a beautiful moth and... And you don't even live that long. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe we need to reflect on the nature of time <laughs> and whether time even exists, you know? I've already lived so many Atlas Moth lives. Yeah, God. In the scale. And what have we done, Sophia? <laughs> what have we done? To... I definitely haven't, like, laid any eggs. So no, I'm I failing. <laughs> well, thank you so much for telling us a lot about the Atlas Moth. Yeah. I learned a lot. And yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Please tune in next week to learn more about the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. And of course, if you like the podcast, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and we will catch you next week. Bye. Bye.